Our streamlined pro-business approach helps you achieve more by putting less between you and future success. Less red tape, lower taxes, less distance separating you from the tech leaders of tomorrow. This innovative ecosystem will supply your business with tools and resources to compete in the 21st century and beyond. But your future is more than just business success. In Arizona, the lifestyle you want is at your fingertips. Explore cities known for their Southwest heritage and modern vision. Enjoy beautiful scenery and endless outdoor activities on land, water, or snow. And if you're looking for a little friendly competition, we've got plenty of teams to choose from. With constant sunshine, vibrant culture, and natural wonder, Arizona provides a style of living that's entirely unique. People from all over the world call our state home. From student leaders who fill the classrooms of our top-ranked universities to a skilled and abundant workforce that's ready for what's next. To the neighbors, friends, and peers we interact with daily, Arizonans are united by a pioneering spirit that moves us forward. So as you look to the future, know that it's filled with the perfect balance of innovation and high-quality living that makes life better here. Welcome to AZ TechCast, sponsored by Arizona Technology Council, with your hosts, Steve Zelstra and Karen Nowicki. AZ TechCast is dedicated to covering innovation and technology in Arizona and beyond. Broadcasted monthly, AZ TechCast invites leading experts to have real conversations about what is happening in the tech sector across the state of Arizona. From regional news to innovative startups, companies, and emerging technologies, AZ TechCast covers the critical issues and economic trends propelling the state's growing ecosystem. Thank you, JDH Insights, for being our 2021 Tech Advocate Sponsor. A leader in coaching and executive development, JDH Insights is committed to helping organizations cultivate and leverage their most important and complex asset, their humans. Visit jdhinsights.com to enhance leadership and improve team dynamics to take your business to the next level. Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio. I'm your host, Karen Nowicki, and I'd like to welcome you to AZ TechCast, sponsored by the Arizona Technology Council. And of course, we have incredible sponsors, one of which today we have three members of their leadership team uh, as our guests today. So between myself and CEO Steve Zalstra for Arizona Technology Council, we are happy to introduce you to the distinguished leaders for Arizona Commerce Authority, where we're going to discuss uh, how successful they've been with this agency and how much has evolved over the last 10 years and taking a look at the achievements and improvement for the state for business and innovation and the future economic development here in Arizona. We have a lot of ground to cover, of course, today, and I'm very excited about the conversation. So let me introduce you to our guest, Jenna Coolidge-McGovern, who's the Senior VP of Marketing and Communications. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are too. I, I Now, are you at a home office? Are you at the Arizona Commerce Authority? What are, what are we doing these days when we're kind of sort of open after COVID, but not really? Yeah, I'm, at, I'm actually at home right now. Um, we've been doing a little bit of a, a hybrid back and forth, but um, Friday I'm home. Nice. I have this lovely bookshelf that everybody gets to see. I'm very proud of the color coordination. <laughs> that and is it legitimately your bookcase? Because you know how you've got those, you know, the green screens background. I've had some pretty, yeah. cool, pretty cool offices that are not really mine, but people are like, "Wow, that's a neat office." <laughs> it's legitimately yours. It's real. It's a real background. And you should be very proud of the color coordinated books. Good for you. Well, welcome, Jenna. Thank you. We also have with with us today Brian Sherman. He is the chief innovation officer. Welcome, sir. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm good. Good I guess. And tell us about your bookshelves. Are those yours? <laughs> <laughs> They're mine. They are. Oh, great. I'm so thrilled to have you. And are you, so you're at the office, your home office? I'm also home. I'm okay. home today. Yeah, we're going back and forth as needed. And I think we found in the last year that we can manage to pack 10 to 12 meetings into a day if we stay home. 
and, and meetings actually start and end on time every time uh, yeah. through Zoom. So it's a little bit exhausting, but we're actually getting quite a bit done. Agreed. I, I, it's, it's phenomenal, some of the, the silver lining that's come out of this situation and what we're getting to carry into whatever's next for us, right? It's really neat to be able to have that flexibility. And yeah, I, I want to know whether Brian has read all those books. <laughs> no, I'm working my way through. One at get a there. time, right? Yeah. And then next time you're on with us, I'd like them to be color coordinated. Just, you know, just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And then Andy Lombard is with us as well, Executive VP of Innovations and Venture Development. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. Yes, I've read all my books. I am at home and uh, so happy to be here. Thanks, Karen. Absolutely. Thanks, Yes. So I always like to start these episodes off with an opportunity for Steve to say a little something about Arizona Technology Council, because we never know who's coming to listen to these podcasts for the first time. So, Steve, I'm going to send it over to you and then we'll involve the conversation with all of us. Thank you, Karen. And uh, of course, welcome to our ACA guests. Uh, It's great to have you here. Uh, The Tech Council is a statewide trade association representing about 750 technology based companies. We do uh, public policy advocacy on behalf behalf of the tech sector at both the state and federal level. We do about 150 events a year, and we're back to -to face-to-face events. Uh, Some are hybrid, but mostly face-to-face. We have a number of publications, uh, Tech Tech Connect magazine that we do with the ACA, Tech e-newsletter, this podcast, and another called Tech Focus. Uh, and we uh, negotiate lower cost products and services for our members like uh, uh, health care coverage and 401k programs and uh, that sort of thing. So we're a full service trade association uh, representing technology companies. And making a huge impact on Arizona and businesses. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. And I'm happy to also announce uh, by way of a studio partner in North Fulton, Georgia, I get this email the other day. And he sends it to all of the studio partners across the country. Hey, we need to celebrate Karen and the show that she does with the Arizona Technology Council. And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? And it really isn't about Business Radio X at all. But congratulations to Arizona Technology Council and your team, Steve, for winning first place for public policy advocacy in the 2021 Technology Councils of North America Innovation Awards. And then I believe that you are also a finalist, which is where Business Radio X came in. And my team was all hooray around uh, being a finalist for the creative marketing and communications category. Congratulations to all of you. Thank you very much. We're very proud of that. Keep those awards coming. Yeah, right, Andy? I know we celebrated another award. It's really wonderful to see uh, that uh, that others are acknowledging all the hard work that you and your team are doing. So keep it up. All right. On that note, let's jump in and have a conversation about ACA. And let's start with how has the Arizona Commerce Authority's efforts helped Arizona to strengthen the state's economy and help Arizona to better compete on an international scale? And we can just kind of open this up. Sometimes we talk over each other, right? It happens. We all talked about how we are so used to Zoom these days. It's no different here. So who would like to, to start it off for us? I think I can take that one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if we think back to 10 years ago, um, you know, Arizona was really floundering under the weight of this great recession, right? And um, we were restricted to areas um, such as construction, real estate, and tourism. And now if you fast forward, you know, 10 years to now, you're hearing about electric vehicles every week. You're hearing it yesterday. We had a huge battery um, announcement. So uh, we've really diversified through a clear vision that was set forth t- 10 years ago through the Arizona uh, Commerce Authority, attracting these high wage, high value industries that have uh, diversified our economy aerospace and defense, manufacturing, biopharma, med tech. Uh, like I said, electric vehicles, semiconductors, these next-gen industries are all um, home to Arizona now. We're hearing about them almost daily, weekly. And so we have more jobs now in manufacturing than we do in construction, which is much different than than that 10 years ago. And, you know, we continue to attract the biggest names in technology and are really being seen globally a established technology hub. And so, you know, just to give you a couple metrics over the last 
10 years, we've won more than 975 competitive projects um, that have committed to more than 191,000 projected new Arizona jobs. Of those, 55 billion investment and 315 of those companies are headquarters. So I, that, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing difference. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of people responsible for that. It's just a, it's an incredible um, a, a achievement. And, you know, we have other initiatives that help promote that. You know, we, we do want to increase exports. We do want to increase, um, you know, our, our foreign direct investment. And, um, you, you know, we have tr three trade offices in Mexico. We now have a new trade office in Israel. The legislature this year provided funding for another trade office internationally in Germany. And um, in 2019, our experts, our excuse me, exports reached 25 billion. So um, people, the world is taking notice of Arizona, and um, we have a, a incredible value prop. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not personally from Arizona, but I do have a passion um, for Arizona now having lived here for almost 10 years. And um, I can attest to this, to this value prop where we have this very low cost environment. We have abundant, reliable energy for those manufacturers and other companies. Um, you know, that modern transportation infrastructure, which is really important proximity to three of the largest markets. So I, I, we have a, a lot going for us. And of course, as many members of this podcast are responsible, a really thriving innovation ecosystem that is helping propel us forward. Uh, so I know I took a lot of breath on that, but um, yeah, I, I just- That was fabulous. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining the AZ TechCast. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to say is that um, we have been collaborative partners all along this 10-year journey for the ACA. In fact, um, we were involved with the legislation that created the ACA before. There is a competitiveness um, package and um, there's so many intersections between the Tech Council and uh, the ACA, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about uh, some of those along the way, but we've been there right uh, from the beginning and um, together have transformed this economy in, in Arizona, as uh, Jenna indicated, is just uh, remarkable. One of the things that I really like about the ACA that's different than um, its predecessor, which was the Arizona Department of Commerce, is its focus on entrepreneurship and innovation. Um, you know, the organization still does a wonderful job at business expansion and business attraction. You heard the numbers, they're, they're astonishing, but we also want to grow our own. And um, the programs that the ACA has created over the last 10 years are just phenomenal. And uh, either Brian or, or Andy, whoever wants to take that, just share with us, uh, you know, why that's important to the ACA and uh, what are these programs uh, achieving for improving the entrepreneurship and innovative uh, and technology ecosystem? Well, Brian, you're the partner in that. Uh, that Absolutely. It's kind of a cool thing here. Um, 10 years ago, I was running a startup and Brian called me up and said, uh, we have, I think it was near Christmas Eve, 2010, I believe. Uh, so like, end of the year, uh, we have over a hundred applications for an innovation grant and we need judges. We want to try to pull this together. And um, I remember just getting back from um, a trip from Massachusetts, meeting with a group called the Mass Challenge out of MIT that ran what they viewed as the largest, most successful business plan competition in the world. And when Brian, just, it was like a day later, Brian's calling me and I'm like, hmm, let's get together and talk about that. Myself, Brian, and I think Jim Broca got together and started ideating around how to support what Brian had already pulled together 
in what I think was called the Innovation Technology Grant Comp something. I did a long name, and, and I just said, well, let's change it and commercialize this to the Arizona Innovation Challenge. And we kind of started thinking about um, how to get out of um, that first challenge successfully, and then we started growing it. And I remember the questions we were answering because I was like, okay, how many startups are there in Arizona? And we all looked at each other, we go, like, we don't know. I mean, there's startups happening, of course. I mean, I had raised funds, there's others that many others prior, but we really didn't have a cohesive plan, an attack, a, a way to get deal flow going. So the Arizona Innovation Challenge was one of the things that uh, I think changed of the landscape initially uh, tremendously. It allowed us to get deal flow, and now we have, we've touched over 4,000 startups in that time frame. We've granted 110 of those into our program. It's, it's, we think, one of the most successful and one of the largest business plan competitions in the country. And I think more than anything, uh, for me, what's changed in that 10 years, dramatically changed, is the truth of a public-private concept that we tried to put together in the beginning. And we do all this not solely. We do this through partners, and we're really, really focused on that. We want our partners to work with us, and that includes universities, that includes private companies, that includes new founders, that includes unbelievable organizations um, like Steve is running, and many, many others. And I think that's a secret sauce, and I think that goes to the leadership that has been established, and I think um, that's an enormous credit to our boss, um, Sandra Watson, that's, that's helped us uh, along those lines. So I think that's, a, that's the biggest change for me, and it, it comes down to people and team and relationships and all of that that allows us to get some of this stuff done uh, in a positive way. I would, I would just add to that, I think it's, it's a foundation story for the ACA, not just because of when it happened, but um, one of the points that Andy just made, one of the one of the objectives in the design, baked into the design of what we were doing, which was really novel at the time, I think, um, for a government organization. And this, this happened right at the transition. Uh, the Innovation Challenge was born at the same time the ACA was, was yeah. that we would invest, not take an equity position, but invest with state funds into startups which um, was, was fairly novel anywhere, but particularly in Arizona. And, and then part of the design was we need to bring the most experienced people to help us make decisions on where that money should be invested. And that was very novel too. So um, we literally embedded investors, serial entrepreneurs, and other very experienced business people into that process to, to make evaluations. And, and even more importantly, then help us decide the small number of companies that we could invest in to help hundreds, to provide feedback in a way that, um, you know, to scale our ability to do that as a small team and as a new organization. And, and at the time, you know, it's, it's important too, it was born out of stimulus funding in the Great Recession. And here we find ourselves with another opportunity you know, to take everything that we're doing with all of our partners uh, to the next level. And I think that that's, that's kind of where our head's at, but that, you know, it's really, really an important part of the foundation story of the ACA, I think. Hey, Brian, just let me uh, um, kick off just a little bit of facts on it, too. It's so, so cool, and you're intimate with it. So those 110 companies we granted, we call them portfolio companies because we want to be, do it that way. They're awardees, and we support the heck out of them in, in a lot of different ways. But when we grant them, we really wrap around them. And our goal is for them to grow. And, and to grow with startups, you need to get that next round of funding as you move forward. Um, so if you look at that, we've granted less than $30 million, and they have gone out to go get, in the last nine and a half years, $760 million of funding. That's going to be an important factor as we start to look forward, too, because that can be viewed as leverage on the capital that we put in place. And that's well over a 
times leverage, which is world-class numbers. So we're awfully excited about those companies and, um, and the growth of those companies. They're starting to be big companies um, as they start to move up and hire more people. The wages of those companies are always tending to be over $100,000 or $80,000 to $100,000, which is significant. And they just, um, their innovation is something that I think is a hallmark um, of the state as well. So it's great stuff. And um, yeah, I was one of those um, partner advisors for so long and then got pulled in uh, full time two years ago. So it's, uh, it's, it's addictive. You know, we, we love what we do. And the, and the numbers that Andy uh, mentions don't even uh, account for uh, the job creation that's also going on uh, in those new companies and the added tax base that's uh, created by that that pays back that, that, that small amount that the, that the state put into it. And uh, I can attest to the fact that prior to this, uh, it would have been blasphemy for a state organization to invest, if you will, in a, in an early stage technology company, because they tend to be uh, risky, right? Any kind of entrepreneurial uh, yeah. venture. But uh, the processes they've built have proven to be ironclad, and the results they're getting are just incredible. Yeah, Steve, it's funny. Um, and Karen, I think in 2010, you could absolutely call Phoenix and the entire state of Arizona a flyover state yeah. as venture capital looks at it. So a VC living in the Bay Area or in Boston or in New York or in Texas would only stop here if their flight demanded it to get into the runway and then get off of it and then fly out. And if there was a long um, enough layover, they were going to go. They were going to golf. <laughs> Maybe. It depends. If it was August, they wouldn't. And if it was November, they might. So, or January. Now it's a fly to state. We have VCs flying in to meet with companies every single day all over the world. They're coming in to see companies that are in Arizona. So I think the reputation aspect of it as well uh, is something we, um, we know and recognize, but we don't want to take for granted. It's super important. And more and more people, even just general lay people, are understanding this and applauding it and celebrating it for us as a state, right? When I opened the studio four years ago, I had uh, some clients who hosted a show called Arizona Brandcast, uh, and and their interest they felt, and they were they were market, marketing guys, so they were they kept trying to grab at what is Arizona known as, right? And Jenna kind of teed us off with that in mind that these last ten years we've really pivoted and shift. And, and so it was a fascinating conversation. They often had their guests talking about from their perspective, who do they think Arizona is, you know, uh, in business, uh, not only here nationally, statewide, but also internationally. And I always kind of um, was curious because I see what you've described, at least in the last four years that I've been here uh, running the studio, uh, but even as a community member, a parent, um, you know, for a public school kiddo, two graduates from ASU, and um, in business for myself, even prior to owning the studio. So I applaud everything that you guys are doing collaboratively and individually, because it, it obviously, everything we're saying, it's evident now worldwide. And you guys are the, I th- not I was going to use the term gatekeeper, but I know that's not right. You're the encouragers. You're the ones who are creating these opportunities for us. So with that in mind, let's talk about some of the big ideas and initiatives going forward. Now we've had a look back, but what's happening right now to continue to shape Arizona's future? I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, I think that um, there's so many interesting things going on and in, in our innovation community is one of the catalysts. So now that's actually an attractor for a lot of corporate activity. And that, that was not the, the case in the past. And, and we've talked a bit about that, but we're actually seeing a renaissance in some of our longest established industries right now. And there is a silver lining on the pandemic. Um, particularly for Arizona, and that is that there is a, a lot of focus on on manufacturing in the United States, and and you know we've talked about this um, for decades as the opportunity to reshore, but I think this you know the urgency has certainly changed, and we've had to acknowledge that through the pandemic, that particularly in some you know key strategic industries that fuel everything else, semiconductor is top of mind, um, that the economy just doesn't run without, uh, you know, key industries and, and the supply chains that surround them. And, 
Arizona is so well positioned for that. We're better positioned now than we were 10 years ago, but we really have uh, a strong legacy in semiconductor, um, aerospace, and, and aerospace has helped us pivot into other new industries like electric vehicles. So, um, you know, the, the advanced manufacturing renaissance, I think, is, is one of the biggest opportunities that is right in front of us now. And Arizona is, uh, is in the best position, I believe, of anywhere in the country. Um, we've, got, we've got this, you know, Jenna ran through the value proposition. It's, it's really true. And I think that, um, you know, I think that companies are voting uh, every day. Uh, you know, at least every week you're seeing the announcements. Our innovation community is growing. We don't have a brain drain here. That's another thing that we've talked about in the past. Our universities um, continue to uh, to grow in size and in quality. And though, you know, the, the talent is staying. Um, in fact, we're a talent magnet, and so um, that's another accelerant to to all the all the growth that we're seeing here. I just want to pile on uh, to some of the things that Brian said. So, uh, aerospace and defense began to grow here right after World War II. There were a lot of bases built here, and a lot of the prime contractors moved operations here. And today, every one of the major prime contractors has operations in Arizona. And uh, Galvin brought Motorola here in '49, uh, really before there was the Silicon Valley, right? And uh, we all remember that Motorola had, I don't know, 25,000 employees still here. Um, General Dynamics, um, Freescale, OnSemi are all remnants of what was uh, Motorola still operating here. And uh, and now um, the aerospace industry has be- begun to grow. So recently, uh, Northrop Grumman has built new facilities, uh, brought new capabilities here. Raytheon did a merger with the United Technologies and is growing their footprint uh, in Tucson. You've heard about TSMC moving here, a semiconductor facility, and also a $20 billion expansion by uh, Intel. Uh, so we are becoming the semiconductor hub, uh, not just of North America, but perhaps ultimately the world. And uh, so those are the industries that the workforce was built on. And now we're adding all these new industries. We have almost 600 software companies now in the in the Phoenix area, and uh, vehicles, autonomous vehicles, uh, wearables, uh, all kinds of new emerging uh, industry uh, are are exciting. And uh, the ACA has been connected to all of that, right? They've touched every aspect of it because they run a lot of the incentive programs that make this an attractive place. It's attractive because we have a really great business climate, and that's one of the things the Tech Council does, but it's a great place to live. So as Brian said, it's a talent magnet. Uh, You know, the weather's great at least eight months of the year, and uh, good quality of life, outdoor kind of lifestyle. So um, it's just remarkable how much uh, ACA has accomplished in its uh, 10-year anniversary now, just celebrating its 10th year. Jenna, you mentioned that you moved to Arizona just a little under 10 years ago, I think. Have you been with the ACA this whole time? I haven't been with the with the ACA the whole time. Um, I, I grew up in New Mexico. I went to college in Texas, and I moved here um, after Texas because my then-boyfriend, now husband, um, he he's here too, <laughs> another office, but... Um, he uh, graduated from the University of Arizona. So I moved here and um, I cut my teeth at uh, an advertising agency. So I've been at the ACA now for uh, four years about. Um, So uh, yeah, it's been, I love living here and I feel um, very competitive and passionate about this state now, even though, you know, I'm from another place, um, which I think is, also a a thing a lot of people you know most of the people from Arizona are not from Arizona which is also something that makes it very unique as we all have these very diverse and different backgrounds and I think that a lot of people would agree with me and that we feel very you know passionate about the state and what the state has to offer we used to come here for soccer tournaments all the time when I was growing up 
And it was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that it's this incredible weather in November because we would come during Thanksgiving. And uh, now I used to live in it. <laughs> now I, all my guests that come for Thanksgiving with family from Northern cold New Mexico always want to come here, you know, during Christmas or Thanksgiving because they want to get away from the terrible weather in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And Steve, when you were talking about, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say uh, as another example of the the collaboration that goes on uh, with the Arizona Tech Council and the ACA, uh, they run um, a, a couple of programs. One is uh, called the Angel Investment Tax Credit, and they run another program that's uh, a refundable R&D tax credit. Just 30 days ago today, uh, the Tech Council was successful in getting a 10-year extension to the, to the Angel Investment Tax Credit. Um, and this is important to almost every one of the entrepreneurs that um, Andy especially was uh, talking about and their investors, especially, their right? Investors. <laughs> uh, attract investors into these early stage companies to allow them to grow. So the Tech Council does the public policy work to get the funding that's necessary for the ACA to run the program. So we extended it for 10 years. Um, and then last year, even though the COVID curtain came down early on the uh, legislative session, we were able to get a 10-year extension to the R&D tax credit, which is the best tax treatment for R&D in the nation. And it has this um, program we created in 2010 called the Refundable R&D Tax Credit, which ACA also manages. It allows early stage companies who haven't generated profits yet therefore have no tax burden, but may have earned an R&D tax credit because they're investing heavily in the early days of their company. To trade that uh, credit cash when they need it most at the early stage, and the state gets a 25% discount on its ongoing obligation, but the company gets cash uh, at its startup. So two really great programs that um, you know we work very closely together on. I'm just going to say we're grateful for your advocacy on that. Um, I think that's also an important part of the, the origin story. I think that uh, programs like that help pave the way, um, at least for the legislature and others who made funding decisions to at least consider the importance of startups in our community. Again, 10 years ago when that was kind of up in the air for a lot of people. So. Thank you for your prolonged advocacy there. Yeah, and, and, and it works with the uh, companies important. Uh, this, these tax credits are uh, at the very early stage. Andy, did you have something? I, were you ready to say something as well? Um, no, I think it's just great. Um, the, uh, the tax credit program and, and other activities that have gone on, just been, uh, I agree with what Steve said. It's been, it's been putting more fuel on a small kindling fire that's kind of grown over a 10-year period. And, and, I, and I look at the, um, the proposition is so hard, if you think about it, to sell to legislators and government because you have to tell them this is going to take seven to 10 years to really ramp up. And I really think that that's an enormous credit to the leadership team at that time, which was Brian, Sandra, um, the governor at the time, and then adding on to all of the activities that have gone on to take that on. And because, because it looks like a, a startup, right? It's, a, it's kind of funding these startups that start and grow over a period of time. They take time. They take five years, sometimes seven years. We have some startups that woke up and started getting very successful after 10 years. It's just a crazy, crazy um, cycle to um, to participate in, and you don't usually see that in a lot of state policy, uh, the level of patience that's required there. So I think that's an important aspect. I was going to ask Andy to talk about a program that um, they've been initiating recently, and that is to uh, connect the large corporate entities with uh, startups and uh, sort of understand what the what the ecosystem of large companies that invest in uh, earlier stage companies look like, because that's so important. You've got, you know, companies like Intel and Honeywell and Raytheon and PayPal and Amex and so on. 
big footprint in this community, but there's a lot of early stage technology that's being developed by these small startups that's very much applicable to those, those large technology companies. Andy, can you talk a little bit about that program? Yeah, I, I think you hit on it. Um, I'm an ex-Motorola guy. Um, I uh, spent a lot of time in Arizona. I was from the headquarters in, in Chicago. I worked and lived for 10 years in Asia, but then came back after that expat assignment with Motorola Ventures as what's called a corporate VC, investing in startup companies and other companies. And it turns out that one of our most prolific areas was out of Arizona because we had 25,000 employees and we were growing our semiconductor, our computer, our, our automotive, uh, our space and defense team. And there's many things that many corporations just don't want to do themselves, so they end up spinning out or investing in others. So they're looking for this bubbling startup ecosystem. Most of the time, when you're moving here, you want to know, is there a good tech startup ecosystem, both for talent as well? Can I do some of this um, activity? So we decided a couple of years ago to start the initiative of creating um, the center around um, attracting that corporate venture activities. And it's a slow process. COVID obviously impacted that. We were focused on just the bare basics like everyone else for a period of time and then started emerging out of that. But what we do is we work with corporations that are looking to partner with smaller companies. Um, these tech companies are super important for their innovation and they want to look and see what they're doing. They sometimes want to invest. They sometimes want to partner. Um, and that's a, that's a critical, important area where we're focused on just much like our business attraction for companies coming from out of state. We want to make sure we attract corporates that want to um, participate. And we think it's a leading uh, indicator of their particip participation in the state as well. Um, if, if a corporation starts to look at this state differently, like those innovation programs that they're able to invest in in EV and batteries, semiconductor, and the entire supply chains around that, then that could be something that could benefit us down the road when they make a operating decision to either move a department, a, a group, or in fact their headquarters. So building up that corporate venture uh, partnering is super important. Um, it's a lot of fun, right? Because you also have big companies and teaming with small companies, which is uh, awfully exciting. You know, you mentioned uh, business attraction. Um, I understand. Uh, I, I was at the Core Power um, unveiling yesterday and uh, talked to Sandra uh, Watson a little bit. And I understand that the pipeline is as full as it's ever been uh, from a business attraction uh, standpoint. Jenna, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Why the unbelievable new attention that uh, the t that uh, Arizona is getting? Sure. Well, I think you know Brian touched on it a little bit earlier in that, you know, the the pandemic kind of un unveiled these national um, problems we were having with our supply chain. And, you know, as companies are looking um, to create these regional centers for their manufacturing operations, they're looking at Arizona because of our uh, unique value prop. And a lot of that has to do with some of the things that I mentioned earlier that are unique to Arizona, like um, our incredible talent ecosystem, which is again fueled by our universities and our community colleges. But also, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like we've had this momentum of success that is just continuing to draw more and more attention to the state. And, you know, people are really starting to take notice of all the incredible things that Arizona is doing. Um, and again, um, that takes that's taken 10 years of hard work and um, planning, um, quite frankly. So um, all, all the work that was set forth in the past is starting to come to fruition more and more. And uh, we do have a lot of activity going on every day, which is, which is awesome. Um, and so every time we have an announcement that attracts you know, global attention like yesterday, um, where we bring this, you know, partner into the state, it's going to now capture the attention of 
many other companies that could work with that company and want to be in closer proximity. So I think that the strategy just, it's always aligning. We have not lost focus. And, you know, when, when you work for someone like Sandra Watson, you do not lose focus. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of the most focused people I've ever met. And um, her vision for the future is incredible. And, um, you know, I think that's propelled us forward as, and the momentum and the partnerships also like it, it takes, it takes partners, um, you know, like Steve, it takes our city partners and, um, our, our statewide partners. And that, that is unique to Arizona and that we, we tap into each other's strengths statewide. And I think that's really important too. Um, mentioning that, um, Sandra and I have actually had a standing, um, meeting once a month for the last 13 and a half years. So that's collaboration, right? So we both know what we're thinking and, you know, how we can best work together. And and she's assembled an incredible team. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Can I throw a question in there that's a hard one that I get quite often? And, uh, you know, all the economic development is wonderful. It's, it creates jobs and the kind of companies we're attracting, they're high paying, high quality jobs. Those kinds of people uh, demand a a high standard of living. Um, But some people are concerned about, um, you know, too many Californians moving in here and uh, changing the dynamic. You know, it's hard to find a house right now because uh, we didn't have enough stock in the the market. And, um, you know, those kinds of things come up that people are concerned that this quality of life that we have uh, is going to be tainted as a result of all of this growth. And I'm sure you guys get those same uh, questions. Um, I have my answers. I'm wondering what what you all think about uh, those concerns. I, I would say change is a constant. So it's going to happen to you or you can help impact it. And so I think that we take a, you know, a really proactive uh, posture on on that change. And, and I think that, you know, our, our economy is included in that. It's going to change. So, you know, we hope that the impact around higher and higher wage jobs and opportunities is, is a very positive impact on Arizona. So we're still very, very competitive in terms of the cost of living here. Um, we have a lot to figure out in terms of, you know, to make sure that our infrastructure and our quality of life stays you know keeps pace with the economic growth and and certainly the the entire globe is changing in that regard so we're working hard to make sure that our infrastructure around utilities and water which by the way is in great shape um it's interesting that you know we're getting a lot of global attention right now um a lot of it's very positive we've talked about that but we've all seen the stories pop up about the doom and gloom around water and we're actually in a uh, due to a lot of really good planning over decades, we're, we're actually in a very good position around water. And when you look at the kind of companies that we're, that we're uh, growing and also attracting Arizona, they're some of the most responsible water stewards in the world. So when we talk about advanced manufacturing being uh, a water consumer, it's really more accurate to look at. Um, they're actually the great stewards of water. Um, they recycle water. Um, A company like Intel is top in the world in terms of how they utilize a resource like water and then return it to the ecosystem. So, you know, there's a much more balanced story there. Um, They they also, by the way, have a goal um, not too far out in the future where they're going to have net zero water impact. Um, Mm -hmm. And they also have a stake in the ground for uh, net zero carbon uh, impact as well. So those, the, the high, really high tech companies are, are real stewards of, uh, our resources and, uh, as opposed to some other kinds of industries. So I think, uh, attracting those kinds of companies, growing those kinds of companies and expanding those kinds of companies will, will do us well. And we don't have a very densely packed city. You know, people worry about, is there going to be enough space? If you, yeah, drive that's, around, that's a good if you drive around town, there's still hundreds of vacant lots. and, and Lo- have- Lots of land and a lot of people who know how to develop them in this state. You know, I think we can put our money 
Arizona being able to drive a residential real estate market for those that are coming. It's just going to take a little time, a little bit of uh, uh, more crowded uh, areas for a while. I think, I think, though, that having people moving in and the quality of the teams and the quality of the people, the quality of the companies that are moving here, we'd much rather have them move here than anybody, anywhere else. So as a former administrator for the Kyrene School District and, again, a parent myself, uh, I think it's a great time for me to give a shout out to the SciTech Institute, which is the foundation that falls under Arizona Technology Council. We have the privilege of doing their STEM Unplugged podcast here at Business Radio X. And I mention it because, Steve, when you propose the question like, you know, what, how do we answer the question is, you know, are we robust enough and, and, and why do we want to continue to draw and are we going to get too big uh, as a community and people are not going to want to be here? I think it's important for us to highlight what STEM Unplugged, the podcast, more importantly, SciTech Institute is doing to have these conversations with our K-12 educators uh, and, and our kids themselves. In addition to higher education, we've mentioned at the university level and, and um, community college level a couple of times, but that's one of the things I'd like to applaud your organizations with as well, that these are those conversations that are all the way across the board, right? It's not just private. It's not just a public and policy it's community and it's education and all of that. And, and that's what I hear the intentionality uh, of everything that you're doing and those long-term relationships. Uh, you've all said, this is how we get it done. We stay committed. We bring new people on, you know, when they're coming in, but, but the, the mission, the vision doesn't change and we're committed. And now we're at the point, as Jenna pointed out, that we get to celebrate <laughs> and, and that snowball has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So Again, the, the, the chief science officer uh, program creates conversations like this with students from sixth to twelfth twelfth grade. It's such an program. It's it's going to build legions of future STEM leaders, and uh, they're beginning to have these conversations at uh, at grade level where uh, they're always more capable than we give them credit for. And what the CSO program is about is bringing students into the conversation, get them involved earlier than we ever have before, because they're going to be the future innovators. They're going to be helping to solve some of the problems this generation and generations before created for society. And um, it, it's so exciting to watch them. And by the way, the ACA is a, is a major partner in supporting the SciTech Institute as well. They're the ones that will tell us if we got it right. That's right. <laughs> right. Do they stay and do they thrive here with families? And I and I think they will. Mm-hmm. And, and, and five years from now, they're also going to fill many, 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 many of the positions that are going to be needed to be filled. The semiconductor industry, the technology, the EV industry, the uh, automotive, all of the different growth that's happening. They're going to be our future workforce. And the ones that hold us accountable to both of your points, right? <laughs> I noticed with my 14-year-old, his conversations with me is, are at, mu- at a much different level than my, my two kids that are in their mid to late 20s. There's just this whole new appreciation for his generation around sustainability mm-hmm. and living, you know, living at a place where we're all taking care of each other, that whole you know, consciousness, which, which is fabulous. We're just about uh, ready to wrap down our conversation today. And before we do, I want to make sure that we have a chance to talk a little bit further about uh, your leader, Sandra Watson, just a little bit more and the vision. I know we've highlighted a couple of times, but are there any other aspects of her leadership that, that you've seen have helped move the needle and elevated the economic development in Arizona? Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'm, a shot at that really quick. I was just going to say really quick, Brian, this will, this, it, for me, it wraps up to her whole philosophy of servant leadership. Yeah. I think she maintains that process more beautifully than anyone I've ever worked with or ever worked for. And I think she converts that into her relationship with now five governors, which is an incredible feat in and of itself and with her team. And we try to turn that into servant leadership with our partners as well. And I think that's the philosophy that's rubbed off on all of her leadership team and um, one of the greatest lessons that I think she's uh, brought to the, to the leadership fund. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, we, our, our culture at the ACA 
it, we understand, you know, we talk about jobs often in a kind of an abstract form, jobs to be created in the years ahead. But we, I think we really deeply understand that translates to families. You know, these are high paying jobs. So these are careers and, and jobs that support families. And so, you know, that really, um, I think that really resonates with the entire team, the entire organization. We really do understand what we're doing. And I would just say, you know, personally about Sandra, let's begin with uh, just a, a good human being <laughs> and, and um, helping us all. So not often do you see that um, in, in empathetic, um, good human being combined with the tenacity, like no one that I've ever worked for. <laughs> Jenna touched on this. I, I'll tell you a quick story. And this one's kind of fun. Um, Back in uh, 2013, prior governor, Governor Brewer, Sandra is with Governor Brewer on a trade mission to Taiwan with a number of meetings, classic trade mission, lots of meetings set up. Sandra proactively put together, unsolicited, a proposal for TSMC. They had no idea she was coming and they had no intention of meeting with her. She found herself in Taiwan and she simply, she peeled away from the group and simply insisted, as Steve may have been on that trip, she insisted on meeting with TSMC and they refused several times. And it's a very polite culture and a wonderful company that we've gotten to know well. They eventually agreed to, well, there's someone, there's a foreign visitor who's here, who's insisting on meeting with us. We'll, we'll spend a few minutes with them. Little did they know she had a full-blown proposal for them. So, you know, we can fast forward to now and talk about this awesome new uh, corporate citizen and employer doing incredible things in Arizona and helping us build out a world leader, helping us build out our semiconductor industry, complementing Intel. And it's another one of these uh, overnight, you know, eight-year <laughs> successes. And that is really the kind of, um, you know, that's an example and a lesson for all of us. And, um, you know, we just have a very proactive posture, and that really starts at the top. You know, I'd like to say something, too. And well, Go ahead, Jenna, and then I'll finish up. I was just going to mention this week, you know, um, a national site selector in a national opinion piece referred to Sandra, you know, as the best state commerce secretary in the nation. And he, he's worked with them all. Um, and I thought, what a... What a compliment. I mean, and it, it's so deserveable. And then, you know, I, I just quickly, Steve, and then I'm done. Um, no problem. I want to touch on something that both Andy and Brian is like setting the, the culture for excellence within the organization is something Sandra is so good at doing. And um, the empathy that comes with that. And um, I just admire her um, so much, you know, especially not only is... Um, she's the CEO of this company, and but she's a mom of three. And, you know, as a soon-to-be mom of two, I find so much value in her mentorship. And um, she's just like this living role model for me and, you know, also working and being a mother. And, and so I just, I think she does such an incredible job. And um, I feel motivated, inspired by her all the time. Um, and I think that's something that's, not not all leaders can do that can motivate and inspire and um you know drive us to think about that end result of we're helping this individual get a job so they can help their family so their kid can go to college so their kid can work at one of the aerospace and defense companies here in arizona you know like it it's just really awesome i i can't explain it more than that but like what an incredible leader <laughs> Yeah, and I just wanted to say, I, th I think Sandra and I first met in the late 90s, and I left the state for seven years, 2000 to 2007, and I would see her at conferences around the, around the country because I was running the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and um, she hasn't changed as a person. Uh, that's, that's the point that I think Brian uh, was getting to. She is one of the best people uh, you'll ever meet. And uh, in spite of her growth as a leader, uh, that hasn't changed. She's just 
uh, a great person to be around, obviously a great person to, to work for and a great person to work with. Awesome. Great way to wrap it up. And uh, I'm, I'm pleased. I, I know we had touched on her leadership a couple of times. There was something pulling me to say that we needed to highlight it a little bit more. So thank you for indulging in that conversation with us. Uh, as we wrap up, and I, any of you can speak to this or maybe one specifically, but how does Arizona Tech and business community better support or get involved with the first time uh, the ACA and your efforts? Where, where do we begin to insert ourselves? And then I would like for Steve to say the same thing about Arizona Technology Council, if there's a difference. I'll, I'll take a crack at it. Um, I, I think it's kind of, it got that kind of reversed. I mean, we're here to, we're here to serve the business community, but in terms of getting involved, I think where we've, we, we, um, we think a lot about engagement model. And I think that our, our programs over the years that I'm most proud of and services are those in which we've been able to really embed the business community in and get a better understanding of what our customer, our clients really need. And so I think that we welcome those opportunities. Um, I think we've got lots of ways to get plugged in. I think I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of, uh, I know a lot of Steve's membership is listening and we certainly have, if anything has intrigued you around our startup communities, we're absolutely looking for um, the, you know, the best uh, business people we have in this community to get involved and, and take a peek at our startup community in a way that they may have never known exists. And so we can easily plug you into programs there. Um, but we welcome, we welcome any great ideas from companies. Um, you know, we operate at the intersection of industry and, and government and academia and um, particularly on the innovation team. And, and so anything that's worth investing in that we can, we can validate from that perspective. Um, the business community is willing to invest in something. Um, that's something that we want to hear about and help, uh, help foster and help catalyze. Thank you. Andy or Jenna, anything else to add? Yeah, I just want to um, use a phrase that we use is return uh, ROI. Um, our ROI is return on involvement. And we're so highly tuned to being respectful to the time and attention to those that volunteer their time, that come in, they judge, they are on our panels, they participate in analysis that we need and expertise. So we take that very, very seriously. Be on time, don't waste the time. Um, and then also when you become involved, that there's a return to that. And that comes into play with just the networking, the meeting of individuals, the meeting of other companies, the learning that go on. And it's a virtuous cycle that is in our playbook and it's something that will never leave our playbook. It is a, a really critical part of how we've been able to grow. Thank you. Steve, how about for AZ Tech Council? Well, I was just going to ask the uh, website and an email address for people to uh, get in touch with the uh, Arizona uh, Commerce Authority. Yep, uh, azcommerce.com. It's real easy to find our website. And there, um, depending on what you're looking for, uh, spend a little time looking around. So, I, you know, in terms of emails, there's lots of ways to connect to us, whether it be individuals or specific programs. So, um, I have a great mobile number I can give you if you need that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and kudos to Jenna. Um, you were, Jenna, you were talking about the, the time frame in which you joined us. And I was, I was just thinking, I'm sorry, I, I got to jump in and say, if there were a museum um, somehow that we were archiving um, our, our proposals and the content and the, the incredible work that's being done by our marketing communications department, There'd be a strong correlation to where you'd see uh, just incredible work that's done under Jenna's leadership. So um, we win a lot of we win a lot of deals and we win a lot of uh, new partners and, and new clients and just based on how we how we show up. So gratitude there. So I just want to I just want to say that. We haven't even touched the surface about the ACA. We haven't talked about the manufacturing extension partnership and so on. So please go to the website. Uh, there's so much to learn about what they do and, and get involved. And with the Tech Council is uh, aztechcouncil.org. Um, again, our website uh, has uh, uh, emails, depending on what you're uh, looking for. And lots of engagement opportunities. We have uh, committees. We're always looking for great speakers to speak at our events and uh, um, a lot of volunteer opportunities as well. So 
uh, reach out to us, uh, uh, marketing at aztechcouncil.org or membership at aztechcouncil.org or events at aztechcouncil.org. Perfect. I feel a part two with ACA coming in we the, love it. in the near future to make sure, and maybe a three and a four and a five. So we'll do a quick intermission and we'll come right back. That's right. Exactly. Well, Stephen, of course, thank you for letting me share in this conversation with you today with Jenna and Brian and Andy with Arizona Commerce Authority. For our listeners, you've been listening to AZ TechCast brought to you by Phoenix Business Radio with Business Radio X. And today's AZ TechCast was brought to you by the Arizona Commerce Authority, the state's leading economic development organization with a streamlined mission to grow and strengthen Arizona's economy. Thank you again, Arizona Commerce Authority, and I'm happy to look in your eyes and say that to you personally today, since we say that on every podcast. And also, we want to thank JDH Insights, the 2021 Tech Advocate Sponsor. Please visit jdhinsights.com to enhance leadership and improve team dynamics to take your business to the next level. If you are interested in being a podcast participant or sponsor for the Council's AZ TechCast, please contact marketing at aztechcouncil.org to lock in your opportunity to further position you as a tech expert, influencer, or innovator. Until next time, again, I'm Karen Nowicki, and I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of AZ TechCast. Mm-hmm.